Let's talk about absent fathers. Let's also discuss our immune system. What about black people in the motherland? This is Pablo from Hackney and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today and welcome. What a week it's been uh, with the coronavirus pandemic and the heat and Black Lives Matter. There's a, there's a lot going on in the world. This, is, this, this summer is one that we're really going to remember. But something I've always said is, um, you know, when times are really challenging, you know, when you have your most challenging times, this is when you really find out who you are and who people are around you, you know. Um, everything gets exposed, and, and this is kind of what we're seeing play out in the world today. So this week there's been a lot of uh, lockdown parties, lockdown street parties. Um, there's been the stuff happening on the beaches, you know, we've, we're in a bit of a heat wave at the moment, so the beaches have been rampacked um, from Dorset to... Bournemouth, absolutely heaving. Um, a lot of people on the street in regards to the football with Liverpool winning the the Premier League Championship. Um, yeah, so you know, I mean, everybody, every community has found a, a way and a reason to, you know, get out on the streets and and, and do what they want to do, even though we are still in a pandemic. Um, you know, and people choose different ways to do it. You know, um, there's been the you know, clashes with the police, you know, they're breaking up parties and the young people are, are not happy with either the parties being broken up or the way they're being broken up. But at the end of the day, um, you, we can't condone, you know, smashing up property, police property, etc. Um, but it's happening, you know, and why is it happening? I think that's what we have to think about. Why, why, why are young people behaving like that? You know, why are the general public... Um, finding themselves on, on the beaches even though they know they shouldn't be out there, you know? Why are people still gathering to celebrate for Liverpool winning the championship even though we should be social distancing? So none of us are innocent in this. Um, we've got people, you know, protesting for Black Lives Matter. You know, it's happening. You know, people are finding reasons and they're justifying the reasons for doing it. Um, we might not agree with the reasons why some people are choosing to do it, but for them, they, they see it as something they, they want to do and they feel they should do. Um, this week as well, we had um, the issue with uh, Man City had a match with Burnley and then someone thought it'd be really wise for them to hire a plane, flying the flag or flying a banner saying white lives matter. You know, um, this is something that is only, only done to antagonise to, you know, it, it pretty much says a lot about the people um, that would choose to do that, that would take the time out to do that. It's not coming from a good place. It's not coming from a unifying place. It's not coming from a positive place at all. You know, it's, it's, it's totally negative, you know. And do white lives matter? Of course they do. So do black lives matter. And as I've said before, um, if the only reason, you know, when the only reason why anybody's going to find a problem with these sort of things is because at the moment, for all of the reasons that everybody knows, people are talking about Black Lives Matter because it's become an issue. It's become people are needing to say that because black people are dying. Um, and there's there's some there's a lot of undercurrent, a lot of negative things that have gone on over the years that have gone amiss and, and now the world is, is, is looking at itself so it doesn't mean that no other lives matter and I gave the example previously on the, on the Ian Dale show which is you know it's pretty much like somebody promoting cancer 
promoting, you know, we need to raise money for cancer, we need to, you know, tackle cancer and kill cancer and sort cancer out, and then somebody jumping up and saying, but what about HIV? You know, HIV matters too. And as I've said before, it doesn't mean that HIV doesn't matter, it's just that that's not what we're talking about at the moment. We're focusing on Black Lives Matter, we're focusing on cancer at the moment, and that's whenever you do say anything that takes away from that you're, you're taking away from the cause and the positivity that it's trying to bring so yeah that's this is what people have decided to do and it, it says a lot to be fair um but then on the and on the on the other note we've got um people like um uh, marcus rashford um doing a sterling job of you know uh, pushing government to release food vouchers over the summer for the for the parents that need it um uh, you know, as a as a young black male, you know, who's found himself in football, um, doesn't need to do anything like this. You know, he's set for life, probably for generations if he spends his money wisely. But he's still found it in his heart to fight for people that have less because he's been for it, you know. And these are the kind of things that we need to be promoting. You know, what these young people are doing that is, you know, that is really positive because this, this is something that's really positive. And he's a young man, you know, there's people in, the, in football that have been in a position to do many a thing like this, um, but they haven't thought to do it. So I really think it's a real powerful thing that uh, Marcus Rashford done. Um, and maybe they should call him Sir Marcus um, in, in the near future, if the Queen's listening. So yeah, um, but I suppose there's an underlying question as to why parents would need to um, use food vouchers, you know? And maybe part of the problem, I think is a massive problem, and it's a massive, thing, massive topic, um, but I think um, absent parents may be one of the reasons why, you know, when you've got single parents raising children, often single mothers, you know, and fathers not, not being there for their child. You know, this is a big thing. This is something that, you know, we, we really do need to look at ourselves and find, think about what we're doing and what we're not doing and what we can do better, for sure. Um, through some conversations I've had this week as well, um, speaking to... You know, speaking to some younger people, not younger, older people, a mixture, um, talking about how elders like, I suppose, grandparents or great-grandparents, you know, we've lived through a time when in the Caribbean um, we had grandparents, etc., who who spoke about England as the motherland, you know, and, and kind of denied Africa. There was a time when people, you know, people coming over on the Windrush, you know, a lot of them would have spoken about the UK being the motherland and sometimes denied their heritage or didn't have an understanding of their heritage and how deep it, and rich it was in Africa. And, you know, to see what, uh, how they've been treated over the years here and um, things that they've had to, had to deal with, bearing in mind this was the motherland, it's, it's heartbreaking for them, heartbreaking for them. But for somebody like myself to hear somebody from the Caribbean, I don't, you don't hear it that much now, to be fair, but in the past, I definitely do remember it. And, I, and it always used to make me feel really sad, you know, to think that these people are nearly at the end of their life. And, and as far as they're concerned, England is their motherland and no connection to Africa. And, you know, it's just topsy-turvy, you know. And, that, and that's through lack of education, lack of understanding um, and, yeah, a distorted history, pretty much. Um, another thing we spoke a lot about this week um, is mental health. And how mental health's um, affecting our young people and adults and people across the board. To be fair, with the the whole COVID situation, you know, people not being allowed out of their house and being restricted in various ways. 
Um, mental health is a massive thing, a massive thing. And I think within the black community, it's definitely quite taboo, you know, especially with black males. Black males find it really hard to to express how they're feeling, especially if it's something that makes them look a bit weak or makes them feel a bit weak. Um, but actually, the truth is, mental health is nothing to be embarrassed about. We all have mental health. It's just whether you you're, you have good mental health at a particular time or you, your mental health is not so good at a particular time. Just like fitness, you know, you can you've all, we've all got fitness. It's whether we've got good fitness or not so good fitness, you know. But we do need to speak more. We do need to speak more. I mean, with all of the 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 deaths, you know, that young people have to deal with, and all of the people that have died over through coronavirus, knife crime, etc. There's a lot of PTSD out there, and a lot of anxiety, and a lot of depression, and this is natural, you know. These are natural consequences of going through these things alone, especially. But they're not things we need to deal with by ourselves. And these are there are plenty of organisations um, that can support with that, such as such as mine. You know, you can go online and you can type in mind. You can speak to um, Samaritans in confidence. In, in confidence. Um, and if things are really serious, you can rock up at um, A&E and, and, and have an assessment and get support. And I know a lot of people probably think about things like that and, and think to themselves, well, if I go there, they're going to section me and stuff like that. But it isn't like that. You know, you go there with somebody um, and you've got somebody there supporting you. It's, it's not like that. It's, it's not that easy for people to section you and stuff. But the, it is easy to get support. And that's what we should be tapping into. You know, too many young people are taking their lives um, and people are missing all the signals before. And why would they know the signals? They're not professional people. Things happen. People don't know. They deal with it the best way they can from a loving place. But you don't understand mental health issues and you don't understand depression, etc. And maybe the young person or the adult going through it don't understand it either. So get professionals involved and get support, definitely. Um, and another, another byproduct of this whole um, COVID-19 situation is uh, it's really highlighted the fact that how important our immune system is. You know, our immune system has always been important, always been important. We've taken it for granted. You know, we, we need to you know, make sure that we're doing things to boost our immune system rather than deplete our immune system. And it really interests me because with in regards to the government, you don't really hear them talking about how to boost your immune system. You know, they've, they've explained very clearly, from what I've heard, they've explained very clearly that you're, you're, if you have a weak immune system, you're going to be more prone to this virus but they're not explaining to you what you can do to boost your immune system. And, and this, is, this is something that we need, to, we need to look into, you know, speaking to nutritionists, um, speaking to your GP, but we need to know how to eat properly because it's about what you're putting into your body at the end of the day. That's what's going to boost your immune system. It's about what you decide to consume, uh, whether it's what liquid you're consuming, if you're drinking loads of alcohol, you don't drink water, you drink loads of fizzy drink, then that sort of stuff isn't going to help your immune system. And it's the same with the foods. If you're eating loads of junk food, um, not eating no fruit, not eating no veg, not eating no, you know, just not eating the right stuff, um, these things are going to affect your immune system. And the opposite is true as well. If you eat and drink all the right stuff, your immune system will be boosted, you know. So it's not a surprise that people with diabetes and vitamin D deficiencies are more prone to um, COVID-19. And at the end of the day, these some of these things are, are things that black people suffer with. You know, I mean, the statistics show that we, we do have a disproportionate amount of people with diabetes, 
vitamin D deficiency because of the melanin in our skin protects us from the sun, um, kidney damage, high blood pressure, you know, things like that. We, these are things that black people are prone to. So we can, but these are things that we can change. You know, we can address diabetes. We, you know, you catch it early enough, you can address vitamin D deficiency. You can address blood pressure. These are things that we can actively do. So when they speak about, I'm just really surprised that they're taking so long to, to just say the facts, you know. You know, black people suffer with these various things. So these various things deplete your immune system. That means you're going to be more prone to it. And this is what you can do to reduce um, your, 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 you being prone to being affected by COVID-19. You know, because as, as my mum always said, prevention is better than cure, you know, and that, that's really what we, sh we should be looking at, you know. Um, even doing things, I mean, some, some people um, get caught up in jumping on the scales and stuff like that. For me, I, I, I kind of say to people, you know, if you, if you want to check the scales and see what weight you are, that's really up to you. But I think what you really need to be checking out is, is your fat percentage, because if your fat percentage is too high, that's going to be the problem. And you may look like a clear bill of health. You know, you might look really good in your clothes. You might look good in the mirror. But if your fat percentage is high, that means that, you know, you're carrying fat around your vital organs. And that is a sign of a problem, you know. So it's not how you just look in the mirror. It's not just necessarily how you feel. It's not just that you're going to the gym because you can be going to the gym every day um, and eating all the wrong food and your fat percentage is, is off the scale. So I think people, we just need to, as people, you know, black, white, Asian, whatever, we all just need to think about what we are doing with our immune system, you know, and get professional support and advice around that, 100%. Um, and also this week we've had um, a National Windrush Day um, and, you know, it's 72 years. I didn't even realise it was that long, 72 years since the Windrush um, sailed in. To the UK um, with all those people from the Caribbean um, willing to help rebuild the UK um, you know working on the buses working in the NHS you know rebuilding the UK after the war and stuff and you know like I said earlier you know as far as they're concerned they, they're coming over here to to help out with the motherland you know help the motherland rebuild you know um, so it's really sad when you see when you know the history of you know, the, the, the Caribbean experience when they came over in the Windrush in 1948, I believe it was, um, you know, to be, you know, spat at, um, told no blacks, no dogs, no Irish, you know, um, and, it, uh, you know, it must have been a real shock to them. And, and then to obviously get through that over the years, over generations, and then, and then see, um, you know, see some progress, but see that things weren't progressing. So I feel like, for those for those elders that are still here from from the Windrush generation, they it must be a bittersweet um, this year because this year we've 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 obviously we've got we're dealing with COVID nineteen, but also we're seeing this Black Lives Matter movement, um, which is you know it's 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 trying to and it's moving things forward in a way that they'd never seen before. So I, I feel like it's probably a bittersweet from the elder people that I've spoken to. It's, it's a bittersweet situation, um, but. People are speaking. We're having conversations, and that's that's what it's all about. If we if we speak, and people are listening, I think that's probably the biggest thing. And I think I said it before. People are listening, and that's that's something we haven't felt as 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 a community that people were listening and understanding. So there's a lot more conversations to have. A, a lot to be said for sure. 
Um, and the, the, the BBC, um, I've also been listening. Um, they've recently spoke about um, giving £100 million to diversity-sensitive shows um, to be spent over the next three years. Now, I've, I've said before, you know, the TV stuff is all good. You know, that's stuff we can change. That's great. But I'm not sure if that's going to be the best way you could spend £100 million. I've got to be honest, you know, I can think of many other things you could you can do with that 100 million. And if you've got 100 million all of a sudden to spend on diversity sensitive shows, it just lets me it just makes me think how much money really is there out there, you know, that can be used to 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 enrich us as human beings, all of us, you know. Um, so that 100 million came from somewhere. I'm sure it's not the last 100 million that they are spending on this. Um, and yeah, if that's what they're going to spend on this, that's good. But I, I just do think, you know, what other things could we do, you know, with 100 million? They could create a lot of change with that 100 million. And um, today I come across a website, um, a Jewish website, in fact, um, CST. Um, they Basically, it's a, it's a, a site, uh, an organisation that basically protects the Jewish community. Because um, obviously there's a lot of anti-Semitic stuff that goes on around the UK. Recently, uh, one of the um, Keir Sama um, let go one of his uh, one of his colleagues um, due to due to a situation around anti-Semitism. So this it just it just, it was just really del I was kind of delighted to see how the Jewish community have come together and they they've got an organisation that that actively goes out there to, to protect them. You know, works alongside the police. And it's about protecting their community. And, I, you know, I feel like these are, these are some of the... There's a lot to be learnt from how the Jewish people function and, and, and you know, protect themselves and that sense of community. And it's, it's something we, you know, it would be nice if we had something like that for the, for the black community, you know, um, to protect us. And it, and it wouldn't be just to protect us from, from um, external uh, people, um, you know, external situations... Sometimes it, we need to be protected from, you know, internal things. We know about this, this black and black violence, you know, that we've got some issues that we need to iron out. And if we had an organisation, uh, a professional uh, organisation that supported us and looked after us, like that, that might be something really good as well. So it's something to, something to think about. Uh, I really think so. Um, and also uh, um, speaking to somebody in regards to um, diversity in publishing, um, Somebody mentioned to me that there's a uh, a poetry publisher, ninety one year old poetry publisher. Uh, I don't want to name the the, the organisation specifically, but they've never published a black man or a black woman. Oh, oh no, sorry, my mistake. They've published one black man in ninety one years, but never a black woman. But one black man in poetry, spoken word. You know, we, we've got a lot to do, you know. There's many, 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 many black poets and spoken word artists that are absolutely amazing, you know. And you've got organisations like this that, for some reason, you know, this is 91 years, um, they haven't been that diverse at all. So the Black um, Black Writers Guild have called, you know, called for these sort of organisations to be more inclusive. Um, and, and this is the year to talk about it. This is the time, for sure. Definitely. Um, so one of the um, 
one of the shows that I think my favourite show this week was on Channel 4, um, The School That Tried to End Racism on Channel 4. Amazing show. If you didn't see that, I'd definitely recommend checking that out. And also, um, recently, uh, a, a children's book we've been looking at is um, The Ancient World of Benin and Other African Kingdoms by Sean Sheehan. Um, it's age for 6 to 11. Um, but the children love it. It speaks about um, the first kingdoms like the Kush Kingdom, ancient Ghana and Mali. Really interesting read. A bit of black history. Um, it's really good. Black history It's our history. It's human history at the end of the day. Um, and sadly, this week we, we've seen a, a lot of, you know, violence. You know, there's been a stabbing in Reading. You know, three people died. Um, that was... That's been classified as a terrorist attack. And now also we've um, had a, another stabbing in Glasgow and three people are dead so far. That one's not a terrorist attack, but there's just a lot going on this year. This year, I mean, I really think this summer is going to be, um, it's going to be a long and challenging summer. Um, so I just, you know, I, I think we just need to all be mindful of what we're doing, how we're doing it and, and how we can add value and how we can reduce any kind of negatives. Um, that's going on out there because it, it's, it's really not good it's really not good um, so uh, a quote a quote I heard this week um, which really touched me um, embrace the past address the present and change the future I thought that was really powerful I really like that um, and that's something that we all need to do you know embrace the past our history is so important the human history history pre-transatlantic slavery well before then, you know, it's, it's so important. Address the present, all the, the bigotry, the, the racism, the anti-Semitism, all of it. We need to address all of that. When we see it, we need to call it out. Yeah, and, and that way we can change the future. So embracing the past, addressing the present and changing the future. I think this is the way for us to go. So thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Hopefully you can join me on the next one. But until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thanks again for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney, and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussions.